episode, like all episodes, is brought to you by our beloved Patreon donors. So this week, we'd like to thank Melanie, Sabrina, and Elsa. And an extra special thanks this week to Hannah. Hannah is a successfully executed multi-factor Excel formula. Okay, so let me ask Welcome you a question. To, oh, yes, go ahead. Let me ask it in my sexy voice. Mm. Mm, the sexy voice. So whenever I actually listen back to our podcast, mm. every time I'm struck by the feeling, nay, the surety, the surety that I'm capable of not sounding like a harpy made out of vocal fry. <laughs> and I'm like, I and often yet- imply... I often employ this voice when Mm. I am like reading Mm. to someone. If I'm reading out loud, then I'm like, I really want you to hear how beautiful it is. Mm. So modulate my voice a little bit to be more pleasing. Um, But then I just get really excited about something. I'm like, I think intentional voice modulation is for opera singers and the Theranos girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as I as I keep calling her Elizabeth in my household in Elizabeth Theranos. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, we are not Elizabeth Holmes, so we're not going to talk like this. For but here's say, a here's a challenging question: Why aren't we? <laughs> Hi, my name is Elizabeth, and I have a world changing idea. That is insane. <laughs> that your name is Elizabeth because my name also is elizabeth what you should be played by amanda seyfried in a movie or something amanda <laughs> seyfried is like she's so precious she, she is she's like my cutest. celebrity crush i well, like she looks just like you so <laughs> are you coming on to me that's when such a compliment i do you? not look like amanda seyfried at all right now you people do. who are you only do. listening to the podcast are immediately going to check out our youtube to see and they're gonna impact. be they're and they're gonna, gonna say be i'm so right. disappointed they're no, gonna they're, say i'm they're, right. no when you need some dough you don't know where to go in this patriarchal capitalist hellscape well here's the sitch we're gonna help you sis because bitches get a riches So can you excuse me? I'm not sorry. I'm Piggy. And I'm Kitty. We're the bitches in Bitches Get Riches. We're a couple of Spaniards on a mission of revenge. And we want our father back, you son of a beesh. Our time on this planet is limited. So let's get started. Okay. Today's letter comes to us from a friend of Ducky's. Ducky is our amazing producer. Shout out to Ducky. Hey, Ducky. We, we fucking love you. Thank you. Never leave us. Um, okay. So Ducky's friend asks, um, I moved in with my partner recently after dating for just a few months. We have no plans to get married or share bank accounts. How do we financially navigate being more than roommates, but not quite spouses? Oh, I love this question. I feel like we have become sort of secret experts on the sharing of finances among people who are not necessarily a romantic partner um, in this economy. Or or not formally, like not married. Right, 
Right. Non, yeah. Non-married folk. Um, mm-hmm. And mostly that's because we recognize the difficulties of getting by on one income in this capitalist hellscape in which we live. The rent Wait, is that's high. hard? Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or I'm not. I'm just swimming around in my swimming pool filled with uh, $500 bills. They make those, right? They sure do. And I would know. They make them for me. The, I just go to the printer ha- and I ask. You have them specially minted? Love it. Love I it. do. <laughs> and they give me mints. And they give you mints at the mint. Yeah. Andy's mints. They're very, very, <laughs> very classy. We, you and I shared finances for quite yes. some time. When yes, we were, we were roomies, roomies for a long time. Um, and I think that... Roomies with benefits. <laughs> and the, <laughs> the benefits benef- are financial. The benefits are uh, we had the same size feet so we could share shoes. Um, My God, I miss it so much. Right? I don't have any other friends who are straddling the seven and a half to eight size. And, and I am yeah. so bereft i am bereft as well it really is a shame and honestly when i like moved out of our college apartment like the first time i had to dress up for something i went in my closet and was like wait where are all my high heels and i was like oh right i don't own any high heels my point being when we lived together um and we shared finances a lot of it was based on a mutual uh respect and i think that that's essential in any roommate relationship but especially in a romantic relationship yeah. um in roman- in romance you don't want romance. to romance you don't want to disrespect your partner by condescending to them or patronizing to them or valuing their contribution to the household less or mooching or mooching no moochie One of the seven no moochie sins. if you want the coochie Ooh. tm tm copyright yep <laughs> i copyrighted it bitchesgetriches.com no moochie if you want the coochie uh yes that is our new tagline <laughs> like when we lived together um you had a higher paying job than me yeah. um and you therefore bought all of our groceries um, and, uh, I, I loved our little, our little trips to Trader Joe's yeah. together. In yes. return, I kind of just, um, quietly did all the dishes cause I was afraid you'd notice you were spending money, all, all the grocery money. And that way, like, that was my way of being like, I appreciate you, but I also cannot afford to pay for food. Okay. So, so. your memory is faulty because oh, is this is mm. something we discussed. Oh, we discussed This is 100% it? our, oh our arrangement because you came to me one day and told me that you can't felt afford guilty. food. <laughs> Over the fact that the majority of the food that was being purchased was coming from me. And I was like, do you see how there's no dishes in the sink? Do you think I am the cause of there being no dishes in the sink? And you were like, no, I know that (laughs) I I am the dish doer. And I was like, exactly. This is this is perfect for me. And this has never changed about me. I feel like everyone has some household task that they hate above all others. For me, it has always been the dishes. I've. I married a beautiful man with very wide set eyes who does all of the dishes and I could not be any happier. Um, He's the perfect spouse. So cool. I think there's a lot of making me more noble uh, in in reality than I was in my memory. I thought I was getting away with something. You're noble. It's that you're (laughs) incapable of carrying a, a, an emotional burden without at some point <laughs> heaving it up. I think this is, yeah, this is a nice kind of allusion to one of the ways in which you can divide things, which is non-monetary. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's ways that you can divide things monetarily. 
Um, and I think the major ways to do that are do everything 50-50 completely equal or, or you do it adjusted based on income. Um, yeah. If one of you earns $100,000 a year and one of you earns $50,000 a year, e- yeah, I think that's pretty icky maybe. That would not make me feel great if if I was asking my partner to pay the same amount when I knew that yeah. that that money was more precious to them. Yeah, um, exactly. So there's there's different ways that you can do that. But then there's also lots of non-monetary ways that you mm-hmm. can negotiate between each other. Who's cleaning, who's cooking, and are those worth something to you? And I think it's really important in both a, in a roommate relationship, which is true for whether the partnership is fundamentally a romantic or a non-romantic one. In a roommate relationship, it's really, really important to talk all of the time. So as long as we have been married, still within the last month, we have had a discussion about chores and like formally splitting up like, hey, I've noticed that like since I started, um, since I retired, um, that has changed my daily schedule. It's given me a lot more time back to do things like run errands. And I'm like, it's silly for you to go to the post office. Like, just give me something and I will take it there. I have the free time. You do not. So it's a constant like reevaluation. And as your levels of stress change, as your, um, as your job changes, um, as you pick up new hobbies that adjust your schedule and your energy level, like constantly, yes, absolutely. Like constantly be reevaluating and open to saying like, Hey, here's, here's what I'm willing to do. Here's what I'm what I would love to not have to do and like, let's negotiate. And that I think is more so even than, than splitting finances mm-hmm. is going to be the, the major thing that you run into. A hundred percent constantly check in with each other. And the other thing too, is there's no, you know, like you don't have to stick to a strategy. Like you don't have to say like, okay, everything is split 50, 50. You can say like, all right, well you uh, have, we have cable because you want to watch your your sports ball on the yeah. thing, which I just and humble brag. I finally convinced Bear that we don't need a television package anymore. So we wow. are we cut the cable. It is now only streaming services, and I thank the NFL for making the Patriots available online for saving us that money. Um, anyway, I love it. He's he's moved from. Uh, an honorary baby boomer <laughs> all the way down into like at least an old millennial now that's oh, incredible yeah, good for exactly. him when we had cable I was like I'm not paying for this like I don't I don't use this and I I was much more again respectful and gentle and diplomatic about it but we agreed like that was something that was on him and like and he would pay for it and that would that was fine I think it's kind of important to mention that there's nothing wrong with having the um the breakdown end up feeling a little bit lopsided Mm -hmm. um like it's okay if one person is paying most of the bills and another person is doing most of the cleaning um i think especially um we we don't know any of the genders of the folks involved but i'll say um in romantic relationships i think sometimes um i have felt in the past uh some sensitivity as a woman, um, as about a woman. like, I, I feel an extra layer of resentment if I am, for example, cleaning up after messy roommates mm. who are mostly men. Mm. I'm like, it's not that you are messy because you're men, but am I cleaning because I'm a woman? 
Yes. And it absolutely. feels really bad. So like, you know, um, I think there's a lot of emotional stuff that can come up when, when you're, when you're breaking down things. Um, and, and it's, it's just important to be sensitive to those emotion that emotional baggage yeah. and those gender roles, especially if you're an opposite gender couple. You have to come up with something that works for you as a couple, and you have to constantly renegotiate it. Investing newbies, this one's for you. Acorns is a micro-investing app for helpless babies. It is a great option for beginning investors and anyone having a hard time saving because it is automatic and totally effortless. Here's how she works. Every time you make a purchase, Acorns will round it up to the nearest dollar and not only save the difference for you, but invest it in the stock market. It is that simple. Click the link in the show notes to start investing small with Acorns today. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. So the question asker wanted to know about some of the financial aspects of how to split things up. And I think there's fundamentally like three different ways that you can split finances um, with uh, someone that you live with, whether that's a romantic partner or otherwise. Um, so the first is to do everything 50-50. Our rent is two grand a month. You pay a grand, I pay a grand. Boom, done. Very simple. Um, and I think that this is often the best model for like roommates who aren't aren't friends, aren't like, you know, not yeah. romantic partners. I, th- I think that can, can work really tours. well. Yeah. Um, the second one I think is dividing things up based on income. This I think is a lot more common in romantic relationships or maybe like roommates who happen to be like deep and, and long-term friends with each other. Um, it comes from or, a place of real respect. Or if there's um, like a, a noticeable difference in bedrooms among roommates. Um, hey, like if- don't steal my number three. You're stealing my number three. Sorry. Shut Sorry. it down. Sorry. Sit in your corner. <laughs> I love you. Corner. I love it. So if you split it up according to how much money everyone is making, if one of you is making 25 grand a year and the other one is making 100 grand a year, it does not feel very cool to say, cool, let's split everything 50-50. Like, that's not, that's not right. So with couples like that, especially where there's a big income disparity, um, I often see them deciding to split things up based on like, well, I make four times the amount of money that you do, so I should pay four times the amount of rent, utilities, things like that, which, um, you know, some people uh, love that, some people hate it. it. It really comes down to the person. Um, The third one is kind of based on usage. So this I've done more with roommates where like one bedroom was like big and square Mm. and another bedroom is like L-shaped and cramped and kind of awful. It's like, well, yeah, we're both in a two bedroom. But if we place these rooms on the open market, could we expect someone to want to pay 700 for this room and 700 for this room? Like, no. We would more be looking at maybe 800 and 600. So that's what we end up doing. Um, you can do that, too, with the utilities. If one person needs a faster Internet connection um, or if they want a, a, a special like live TV package or something or if they're coming in with a bajillion streaming passwords, like, great, you can renegotiate that. You and I negotiated with food as well. So. Yeah, there's always that that option to scale based on usage. Um, I also see that a lot in relationships where if one person has dietary stuff, special dietary stuff, where maybe 
if you have a diet that is kind of more expensive to mm. work around, yeah. um, then then I know um, ad- adjusting in that way uh, is pretty popular. So I think those are kind of the yeah. three most basic ways to divide finances. So there's there's always a fourth way, um, and it's to not divide finances. Um, yeah, it's it's to essentially combine finances and you know yeah. like join those those accounts and get it all set with the bank. And I would really caution people from doing that in a situation where you are not immediate legal family. I think that there is a lot of hassle and uh, complication with combining finances, especially if it's not a like guaranteed long-term cohabitation situation. That's a huge decision to combine combine those finances. And I know a lot of people who have really regretted that decision and not just because they got divorced or broke up eventually. Um, So I would say like, if you're making this decision, like err on the side of not combining those things uh, unless and until you know that you have some legal protections in place for long-term combining your life in other ways. So we have a pretty recent article that that talks about different ways to do this. Um, it is called A Guide to Sharing Finances with Someone Other Than a Romantic Partner. Um, it's inclusive of, of it, it involves strategies that you could also employ with a romantic partner, especially maybe like a newer relationship where you're not 100% like ready to go all in together financially. Um, I will say there's a lot that you can do. Um, without combining finances fully, uh, that is still on the table. So for example, Ducky's friend mentions that they, they don't want to merge their finances, but did you know you can open a shared bank account without being married? So another aspect of sharing finances or navigating, uh, finances when you are cohabitating with somebody who is not a spouse um, is what do you do about the stuff? So, the stuff. I mean, the stuff, <laughs> the yeah. Junk. <laughs> the junk. Um, you know, who who buys the couch and who takes the couch when you guys move out from being together, uh, from living together? Who buys the kitchen table? Who buys the sheets? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think that there's not necessarily a one-to-one like I bought it, I take it with me calculation, like that can be your calculation. Um, and that's totally fine. But you know, it could also be like, well, I brought X in and you brought Y in and then we bought Z together. So if we break up or if we stop cohabitating, let's sell Z and divide the profits among mm-hmm. ourselves. Like there's uh, the profits. Yeah. Um, there's a number of ways to do that. I think, again, the the whole the whole crux of this answer is communication and respect. And you need to approach the question um, with your roommate, spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, non-binary partner with a level of respect and uh, care that you would expect to receive from them in the communication. So like, don't don't yeah. assume that they uh, are thinking the same thing. Don't assume that they are deliberately being uh, controlling or or bitter or unfair about something. Like, just talk about it. Yeah, I think the the major advantage of living with someone before you choose to get legally tied to each other um, is that you have the advantage to 
test the waters when it comes to sharing. Try them out. It's a trial run for a more permanent union. You go out to to dinner with your pals and you notice there's that one pal who's like never really never really coming coming through for you the way that you've come through for them. You probably don't choose to become a roommate with them. And that's very smart. When you are dating someone, you are constantly testing that person to see, like, can we work through a conflict? Can we communicate? Um, can we be forthcoming about our values and what's important to us? You're always testing that. And ideally, the stakes will rise slowly over time so that by the time you're getting to things that are really high stakes, like having children, things like that, um, you have already figured out how to kind of navigate a lot of those things on a smaller scale. So I encourage you to think about it this way. When you're moving in with a romantic partner, let's say that you move in together and you both go in 50-50 on first month, last month, and security deposit. Let's say you do that. And then over time, you realize like, ooh, this is not the person for me. I should not be with this person. Uh-uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this and we're going to move out. Bed, and there's crumbs They're bad everywhere. People. If you get to the point where you're ready to end things with that person and you're ready to move out and you run into a lot of issues with them giving you back the portion of the money that you put in because maybe the check went to them and you're like, all right, I, I need half of the last month's Pay and half of the security deposit back. It's entirely possible that you will never see that money again. And in that case, I want you to always be able to say that was money well spent. To say, by I, I lost this money, but what I gained was the knowledge that this person could not be trusted, um, to be respectful of me, that they were poor with conflict management. Like there's so many lessons that I would pay a lot, a lot of money yeah. to learn about someone up front. It's the breakup um, tax. Yeah. So don't like jump into buying a house 50-50 and, and just like hope and pray that things are going to work out. Like use this cohabitation time as a time to see is this person responsible mm -hmm. with their money? Are they communicative? Are they willing to work with me with conflict resolution and are they respectful i feel like that's a like a good litmus test like if you guys uh have a conversation respectfully as we have discussed and you decide on how you're going to split your finances in an equitable fashion that everyone agrees on and then they slowly start going back on that deal or they immediately like disrespect parameters and start you know spending your money willy-nilly or not sharing or otherwise taking advantage of you like that's a good sign to you of like oh maybe this relationship should not progress. Maybe like the way that they are treating my money is indicative of the way that they feel about me. And I should excise them from my life. I should cut yeah. them from my life. Cut them. One of the ways in which you and I were really successful as roommates who are also friends um, and now are like business partners and a bunch of random other Work things wives. is that <laughs> we have very clear conversations about like, hey, can roommate 
Lauren talk to roommate Jess for mm-hmm. just a hot second. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like made it really clear that like whatever I'm going to say to you, changes it's, the vibe. It's, it's not about like who you are as a person. I just super need you to put the toilet paper so that it comes over the front instead of dangling out from the <laughs> bottom, please. Um, so having I think it's a great suggestion to like have regular if not meetings or dis- discussions, like they don't have to be formal, but I, I actually think at the beginning, especially formal is really good. Yeah. And uh, so have you ever heard of the four horsemen of uh, the relationship apocalypse? Uh, no, please enlighten me. So um, I love a biblical reference. <laughs> it's a it's a relationship <laughs> model thinking about um, the four things that are most likely to lead to the end of mm. uh, of a relationship. And those four things are criticism, contempt, defensiveness and stonewalling. Um, and I think out of all of those, for me, the most critical one is contempt. Mm. Once you feel contempt for someone, it is really, really, really hard to come back from that and get back to the opposite, which is respecting them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, especially for our younger listeners who maybe are are moving in with a significant other for the first time or, or the second time, um, it may be a period of growth for for you to come into a new level of comfort with embracing conflict and trying to seek a healthy resolution rather than kind of bottling it up. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, you and I had lived with other people where we knew we were going to be living together for one school year and that we would then likely never see that person again. And And it made it a lot lot easier to just say, there's a lot you can withstand for Two semesters. For a year, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Like, we could just say, like, oh, my God, the fact that she does this drives me nuts. But I'm not going to say anything because we've just got four more months to go and I can live with it for four more months. Do you remember the girl That's... who blew her nose into the sink? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. You know that I'm I deliberately so buried Ex- that memory. Expunged that from your brain. God. I'm really I'm so upset with you for reviving this memory that I had intentionally buried. But yes, I do remember that. And yeah. it, yes, it was fucking awful. Yeah. Um, like if that if that person was someone who I was madly in love with and this was the only thing that they did, I would have a conversation with them about mm-hmm. it where I would say, do mm-hmm. not ever fucking do that. You disgusting piece of shit. healthy <laughs> relationships. Um, Violence is the but, answer. It's worth it. It's worth it to have that conversation. So you may be coming at this from a perspective of someone who had really smart strategic reasons for not pursuing conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, That's that's changing, baby. Like Mm. this is all different. Now that you are living with someone, you have a chance to possibly be living with this person for forever. So if you do that, like eventually that contempt is going to rise up Mm -hmm. um, and that is not good. It's so, so nearly impossible to recover from. So yeah, I think having those conversations early, often articulating your needs, thinking about what's worth pursuing and what's worth just like letting go of. um, Mm. I think those are all really valuable and the money, the money I think is actually the easiest part. Yeah, The money, if, if you figure out the relationship bit, you get the respect and communication down, the money will follow. Yeah. It's really like I I would hate to see, and it happens all the time, but I would hate to see a good relationship fall apart 
because of money issues. Um, And I know that that's like statistically speaking, one of the leading causes of divorce. And again, that makes me so sad because if you figure out how to communicate honestly and respectfully and, you know, avoid the four horsemen of the end of a relationship, apparently, um, the money is easy to figure it out. You'll get it. You'll get it done. You'll be fine. Fundamentally, I think there are three things that make for a fantastic romantic partner. Are they a good friend? Are they a good roommate? And are they a good lover? And for everyone in every relationship, the importance of those individual things may be different. Um, For some, it's really, really, really important that like good lover, that's like the number one, but they're super chill and they're like, I don't super care what you're like as a roommate as as long as like, you know, you're hitting a bare minimum, I'm good. Um, So having that kind of discussion about like what is most important to you in the relationship, what aspects of your relationship are most important. Um, My partner and I have discussed that the order is for us um, that we have to be great friends and then we have to be great roommates and then we have to be great lovers um, because fundamentally the most important things to us are being each other's best friend. And if we, if a situation happened where we lived apart or maybe one of us had a, some horrible medical condition or accident where like sex is totally off the table for us, we could still have an incredibly fulfilling um, and very romantic relationship for the rest of our lives. If the only thing we were to each other was each other's best friends. Um, So kind of, understanding what the priorities are in your relationship are really important. Um, so having and and like living together is what's going to let you build an understanding of what each of you want out of life and out of each other as partners. Yeah. So you just got to roll with it. Fucking roll with it. Um, uh, are you good with that? I am good with that. Listeners, if you want us to answer your question, go to BitchesGetRiches.com and click Ask the Bitches. Our goal here at Bitches Get Riches is to help people, but we want to make a living wage for ourselves and our assistant doing so without being like a total piece of shit sellout. So if you believe in that mission and you want to help us achieve it, the easiest way to do that is to go to Patreon.com slash BitchesGetRiches. We also accept one-time donations through PayPal.com slash PayPalMe slash BitchesGetRiches. And if you need more of our spicy, spicy wisdom, you can read our articles and follow us on social media, and you can do all that stuff at bitchesgetriches.com. Hey, is there anything else they should know? Yes. Okay, so I had COVID several weeks ago, um, and in my fevered delirium, I thought it'd be a really good idea to take all of the books off of my bookshelves and rearrange them by color. And I was like covered in like fevered flop sweat by the end of this because books became so heavy because I had COVID and I was very sick and I finished it. And then I stood back and I looked and it looked fucking terrible. <laughs> Got it. So what you're saying is everyone should arrange books by color all the time, preferably with a fever-addled mind. That is good to know. Absolutely. Bitch is out. out. I'm leaving. (laughs) 